Hey guys, welcome back to our ninth episode of American Born Confused Daisy. I'm one of your co-hosts, Krishna Hajari. And I'm your other co-host, Justin Bedillo. To start off this episode, we have a special guest this week. Her name is Trisha Batra, and she's also a CEO of South Asian Productions. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, for sure. So, hi, I'm Trisha. Um, I graduated from the University of California, Riverside in 2019, so I did dodge the bullet of 2020. <laughs> um, I majored in a business administration with a concentration in information systems. Um, so my day-to-day life looks like uh, doing my nine-to-five, which is me uh, managing software bots. So I work as a robotic process automation analyst. Wow. And then after work, I, you know, obviously take some self-care. Uh, but then I start working on South Asian Productions, which is um, a multimedia company that I started my senior year of college. Um which is for the South Asian diaspora. So we focus on creating content for the South Asian diaspora while building a community of creatives. So it's been such a rewarding journey. So that's a little bit about me. Okay, so to kind of break the ice between us, we wanted to play a little game. We're each gonna say our favorite Bollywood song and why. So I'll go ahead and start off. Um, my favorite Bollywood song probably has to be Chodega. It's a really classic, like, Garba song, and I really enjoy listening to that and, like, dancing around with cousins and families. What about you, Josna? Well, my favorite song is um, the breakup song in Adele Mushko. I like the song <laughs> has a really nice beat to it. Like, yeah. I just want to, like, chill and just listen to some music. It has, like, an uplifting, like, beat to it. I feel like it's really comforting. Yeah. How about you? So my favorite song is You Are My Sonia from Gubby Kushi Gubby Gum. I love that. I, ever since the pandemic has started, mm-hmm. I've been looking at my childhood movies and what I used to watch with my parents. Yeah. And the two movies that are such classics are Gubby Kushi Gubby Gum and Kalhonaho. <laughs> yeah. So that song has been like stuck in my head for like ever. Yeah. So yeah, I have to say that's my favorite song. <laughs> okay. I love those two movies. Mm-hmm. So um, as you mentioned before that you had created South Asian production, you were CEO in senior year. What inspired you to create that account? Yeah, absolutely. So one of my major passions is content creating mm-hmm. and dancing. And I just felt like doing those two activities gave me such confidence and it gave this extra spice to my life, as I like <laughs> to say, um, because I felt like I could transform into this whole different person. And so I was always in the creative community and I loved being a part of the South Asian creative community in Southern California, where you know, photographers, models, dancers, singers, whatever would come together and create art. And I found that community so energizing. So that's kind of where my inspiration drew for creating South Asian Productions. Now the story behind it is I was at a party with a couple of friends. It was our last hurrah before we entered the real world. And a lot of us were talking with each other and we we're like, what are you going to do when you graduate? Cause you know, we all thought we had our lives figured out in college until, you know, graduation started to approach <laughs> and everyone's like, you know what? I want to focus on medical school. I want to focus on law school. I have to focus on getting a job, whatever. 
And a lot of these individuals were giving up on their creative passions. Again, whether it was dancing, singing, modeling, and they wanted to focus on their nine to five. Now these individuals are so talented that I was freaked. They were so, I just felt like they were wasting their talent. Yeah. And I wanted them to utilize it to like the best that they can into their potential. Um, Or if they, you know, could find a way to balance both their nine to five and their creative passions. Mm -hmm. So I created South Asian productions as more of a community where I did like coffee with creative chat slash workshops all around the U S and Canada. And I partnered with all of these different South Asian creatives or influencers, and they would have like these coffee chats in their local town. So that's how the following started to happen. Um, And then when we started to gain a following, we wanted to focus more on content creating and more community building. Um, So that's kind of the story of how South Asian Productions was created, why I have such a personal connection to it, and why we continue to expand. I honestly think that's so amazing because like you said, a lot of people tend to like give up on their creative side of dreams and think more realistic. Like you said, going to law school, becoming a doctor, becoming an engineer, like those three things are usually the most prominent sort of paths that a lot of people like us go through. And I feel like it's so important that we do, we don't give up on our creative dreams and continue to pursue them because the more the more that we have representation of South Asian people in the society, the more, the better it is. So moving on to that, why do you think it's so important to support uh, Brown creators? Absolutely. I think, you know, South Asian content creators or just the sphere of content creating is not taken as seriously in the professional world. It's, definitely taken seriously in marketing because we are looking at influencer marketing and how we can engage more, uh, you know, Gen Z and a bigger audience. But I think the term content creating and being a creative is not taken seriously again in the professional world and within the South Asian community. I feel that within the South Asian community, we've been so drawn into the model minority myth Mm -hmm. where we're supposed to focus on careers that will either be successful in or what we're known for. And, you know, medicine and tech are two industries where we dominate. And I wanted to kind of break that stereotype for the future where individuals who are non-South Asian can look at South Asians and not put us in a box. Um, and can kind of look at us saying like, oh yeah, yeah, she can definitely be a model or a dancer or a singer. Like they won't have any assumption about South Asians that they could only be a part of one group. Um, but regarding your question of why it's so important, mm-hmm. uh, not only the model minority myth, but I think we're also obsessed with being the first in something, right? Yeah. Whether it's like the first Indian American to do this or the first South Asian American, Canadian, whatever, to do this or to be represented. And we have this notion that only one can make it. Mm-hmm. So when we focus on more of a community and lifting everyone up, um, it goes towards a bigger movement. It goes towards breaking the mall minority myth, breaking these, you know, toxic mindset that we've built for so long. So I think that's why it's important. And also being a part of community also inspires you to be the best that you can be as well. 
something because mm-hmm. I know in the brand community, one of the biggest things is that we're expected to do something like big in our life, like being a model or like doing something creative is not really something that many Indian parents encourage in their like in their childhood or in their houses. Yeah, they usually encourage like okay, doctors, lawyers, computer science, or go something in the engineering or like they give all these like the basic things that all Indians do. I'm pretty sure everyone knows. But then going to creative side, like how you created the South Asian production, not many Indians are expected to go into that household, mm-hmm. in South Asian especially, because we're not really expected to, like, access a creative side, I say. Like, we're not expected, like, we, when we have our jobs, we're expected to, like, put the creative side away and then focus on our life and just focus on what we need, and, like, the necessities. Like, we need the money to have a future. We need the necessity to build a family. We just focus on that. We don't really have the encouragement on having a creative side we can let ourselves like express ourselves and like relax in a way yeah yeah absolutely so, so like growing in a brown household how has that affected you as like adult oh boy where do i even start with that question so i grew up in an environment where i think all of us have where academics was really the push and what I needed to focus on. Yeah. And both my parents, I think they, they cared a lot about my academics, but they also wanted to, or wanted me to be Mm well-rounded, whether it was, okay, yeah, academics is one part of your life, but we also want you to take your activity seriously. We want you to learn leadership skills. We want you to take on anything that you're interested in. Mm-hmm. And one thing that they told me is that when they came to this country, they didn't have the privilege to pick a career that they really, really wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, they just felt like they were lucky that they loved engineering um, and they picked whatever job that they can get at that time. Yeah. And they always told me that since you were born here, you have this layer of privilege to choose what you want to do, to choose what you want to be. Yeah. And I've always kind of lived by that statement. Um, I would say that, you know, being in a Brown household uh, comes in many different variations, but I think personally for me, I did feel that pressure that I needed to make my parents proud to kind of prove their sacrifices of coming to this country but I was also blessed with having parents to let me do whatever I liked and to have a hundred percent support. So I think creating South Asian productions and being in the creative community um, was kind of natural for me. Um, They've always encouraged my dancing or um, ways that I can perform in any way that I can, um, as long as that my grades were okay. And they were kind of proud of me (laughs) when it comes to college. I don't think they, whatever I was involved with yeah Um, but I think they always focused on being well-rounded that's what I got from being from a brown household understanding the sacrifices that my parents made um and seeing what other things and what other opportunities I can chase for in the future yeah I feel like within our age group and just more thinking about like high school and college kids or fresh out of college like you are that it the things that we were grown up told and what things I feel like they're just imprinted in our brain and we tend to live by them. And sometimes that can be good because it keeps us grounded and we have some sort of mantra to live by. But sometimes I feel like they can restrain us if we're told something our entire lives and we just live by that, but it can hold us back. And I feel like sometimes 
in my family, it was more like pick something that you know you're going to be good at, pick something that you can be successful in and that you'll be number one or don't do it. Just be the best at it. And I feel like that's a thing that a lot of Brown households, they're told that you should always be number one, be the best or don't do it at all. And I feel like it's so important that we don't bash down our creative side. And especially if you're good at it and you find a passion in it and that you know that you can do something with it, regardless if if you can become the best at it or become super successful, if you can share part of your passion and part of your creative side with the world and bring your own perspective into it, I feel like that's the most important thing because with that, with all of the creative juices flowing and everyone's ideas and everyone's perspectives and opinions, it's just so much better that way that we're not hiding that side and just doing something that's just going to make us wealthy and be able to support our family while that is important. Yeah, because yeah. I know in my family too, it's like they support me and they let me do whatever I want. But as long as my grades are where they should be and as long as I'm practically happy, I'd say, yeah, like the grades are the number one for ambition sure for any Indian parent there is. Yeah. The grades have to be really good. That's one thing. So they look at my grades, but they also make sure that I'm also like doing something in the future where my job is something that I want, but also something that would help me in life and help me build a life, a family and like have a good future. Not something that would just like benefit me for a while, but then later on, it won't give me the necessities that I need. Mm -hmm. They've always been supportive on that aspect. I feel like that's something that should be in every single household because a kid should not be brought down saying, oh, you should not be a fashion designer. That is not going to get you anywhere in life. That should not yeah. be something because because that is not something a typical Indian parent would expect for their child. Like being a doctor is something they would, because I personally, my parents didn't force me to be a doctor, but I just want to be it because I just like helping people. And it's just something that I find is really entertaining in my opinion. Yeah. So many people, when I say I want to be a doctor, they're like, oh my gosh, did your parents make you do that? Or like, are your parents forcing you? Because I know that's an Indian thing. Well, no, it's not really because many parents probably do that, but I want to do that because I like helping. And then many people want to be fashion designers that parents don't support. And by encouraging that, that's also like a way to let out creativity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll add to that. Um, so now that I've kind of graduated college, I felt like in my early 20s, like every two years, I feel like I've grown so much. And regarding that one point where you said, you know, whatever you pursue, be the number one in whatever you be a part of or whatever career you want to do, be successful in. And I had that mindset in college, where, you know, picking a business major, going into IT, I wanted to be that tech bro that was super smart that everyone went to. Mm-hmm. And I think the most important thing is to chase happiness, right? Yeah. You know, you don't have to be, there's so many terms of successful and there's so many terms of, you know, reaching this pinnacle where you're just like on top of the world. And I think working, it made me realize that I want to choose happiness. It doesn't matter if I'm number one at something. It doesn't even matter if I'm good at something as long as I am happy and I'm in this space where, again, like I love being creative, where I can be creative. Mm -hmm. um, Naturally, I'm going to live my life to the fullest. And I think when you're in college or even in high school, you have this set plan for yourself, right? It's, I'm going to choose this major. 
I'm going to get these grades. I'm going to go to this amazing grad school or get into these top companies. Mm -hmm. Uh, But when you have that mindset of, you know, having everything planned, um, being so focused on your goals, you miss the beauty of life and you miss the certain things of life that you wish you held on to more. Um, So when it comes to that, do of course what you love, but don't have this pressure that you need to prove something to anyone or you need to be number one. Um, If you're naturally happy, you'll already feel number one in your heart Mm -hmm. and you'll make friends and you'll make um, a stronger community and a more positive mindset. Yeah. So this is just certain advice that I only learned when I graduated college, um, that I was happier when I focused more on my work and things that I'm passionate about rather than being the most successful and being the number one in things. Mm -hmm. So this is just something that, you know, is like big sister talk right now, but I wanted to point that out for you guys. Yeah. Cause I feel like that is something. Yeah. Cause I know like many people like me, for example, I always thought, okay, doctor is the way to go. Doctor is the way that's the Mm -hmm. thing. That's like the best thing I'll help you in the future. But I feel like it is also important for me to like look into that aspect of am I going to be happy if I become a doctor? Yeah. Am I going to actually be happy on like the lifestyle I'm going to be having? Because I know many doctors, they don't have time for themselves. They're like majority of the time in the hospitals working and then they come home at like midnight and then they wake up at like three and go back to the hospital. Yeah. Like I know that's like a tough lifestyle, but you have to look at like, am I going to be happy in that field? Which is a really important thing to do. Because you need something to relax yourself and you need something that would give you time for yourself and not only as like in a job criteria, but also as a time just as for you to just be yourself and like have a time to just mm-hmm. like gain your conscience, just be like, okay, I am relaxed, I have everything. Just kind of spread yourself out a bit. Yeah. Because personally, I feel like it's so important to have goals. Like when I meet people, like friends or new people, it attracts me to them when they have goals, when they have some, they have a set life plan or something that they aspire to have big dreams. And so sometimes when you think of things like being a doctor or being a lawyer, people have always told me that, oh, you would be good at that. And I was like, oh, that's maybe what I'll do when I grow up. But genuinely thinking, will I be happy at that? Will I be successful? Will I actually like who I am at the end of the day? And I think regardless of whether or not you have those sort of goals, I think the most important thing on my list is just that at the end of the day, when I'm all settled in, am I happy? Do I like the person that I've become? Do I think I'm a good person? Am I worthy of somebody else's time and commitment? And it's so important that you genuinely find happiness in whatever you do, regardless if you take the creative route or the realistic route and you find that that job, that career path that you want to go down, are you going to be happy doing that? And speaking of, why do you think it's so, like, how do you find that you balance your different passions and your different lifestyles between, like, the social media side and doing the computer science? Absolutely. So my current job right now Mm -hmm. revolves a lot around you know, being technical, troubleshooting issues, um, working with technical teams, working with business. Um, I mostly work in like IT operations, I would say, because I'm still entry level before I get to experience the cool stuff, like 
technical product management and all those like fancy jobs. Mm -hmm. But one thing about me is that I had such high hopes and dreams when I graduated. I thought my job would be the coolest job ever. (laughs) I thought it would fulfill me so much. I was I would like show off kindly to like my cousins and my friends. I'm like, I work in RPA. It's going to be epic. And when I started to actually do the job, yeah, I realized, oh, wow, this is, you know, very grueling. I don't have um, this space where I can truly be creative. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll make the best out of it for sure but I want to do something more and I wanted to build something that was bigger than myself. And during that time, um, I was South Asian productions was already there and it was created, but I was connecting with all of these amazing entrepreneurs or kind of reading their stories. Mm -hmm. I'll kind of drop some names too. Um, I had a talk with this one amazing girl, um, or boss babe, as you can say, her name's Mihik Bora, mm-hmm. and she loves marketing and she lives and breathes it. And she started a marketing agency called Jamoka Media, and she turned that into a online school called On Delta. Um, I was reading stories about like Rushi Roy, who started her own skincare company called mm-hmm. Abrani, and I was just having this identity crisis, I would say. <laughs> where I really wanted to be that I wanted to be that boss ass woman who built Mm. something and that was, and that was just proud of it. Yeah. And so I just kind of was like, I want to take South Asian productions to the next level and make it a multimedia company. I want it to be this centralized location where, you know, girls like you or even guys your age could come onto this platform uh, watch videos, listen to a podcast, read blog articles, and feel so happy to be a part of something amazing yeah. with all of these South Asian creatives. So that was basically my purpose and drive to make something. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of balancing both my career and South Asian productions, it's not easy. Um, I have definitely pulled multiple all-nighters before launches, before, um, you know, showcasing certain things like our newsletter or our blog. But I think what truly makes me want to put in all that time is individuals that thank South Asian Productions for the community that it's given them and also the help from my team. If I didn't have my team, I don't know where I would be right now or if South Asian productions would be this big mm-hmm. um, but in terms of balancing I don't think I have this magical schedule for you but I can say that I have so much passion and so much drive that I'll make it work yeah because yeah, um South Asian productions I like it's I feel like it's a great way for many brand creators to reach out and like communicate because there aren't that many platforms where brand creators or South Asian creators can just talk it out or just connect with each other and like yeah. relate to things. And through South Asian Productions, like looking through your account itself, it's like a very diverse area. Like everyone, mm-hmm. no matter like what type of Indian, it can be South Indian, they can be North Indian, they can be Punjabi, they can be whatever they are. They all are connecting through it. And they're all like, I feel like it's a way that many, even younger kids have like as an inspiration to be like, oh, look at that. Yeah. That's like, you're like hyping up these brand creators. 
mm-hmm. making them seem like it's a really big thing, which is a good thing because they yeah. are influencers practically. They're influencing everyone. And that itself is like a huge thing that is needed, especially now because there are many like, oh, like there are many hate towards like South Asians or there are many hate towards like different races. And having this like way to like yeah. have a way to basically embrace our culture is like a biggest thing that is needed, especially in the 21st century with Gen Z. Yeah, I feel like most of the creators, like one comes to mind, like Lily Singh or like you, for example, they had like the day to day nine to five life and they just didn't have that creative outlet somewhere to express their creative flow and their juices and their ideas, their opinions. And so they found a way through like YouTube or social media or videos, TikTok, anything to show that side of themselves because they had they were basically living like a double life and they had this whole other person inside of them that was amazing and bright and superb, but they weren't showcasing that side of themselves. And so being able to find an outlet to share all of that. And so people could watch them and get laughs from it and things like that is so important, especially because like we've said in previous episodes, sometimes when you're at school, people like, other Indian people sometimes feel like you are too whitewashed or other races think that you're too, like you're a fob or you're too cultured. And so finding a way to perfectly fit in somewhere, like you're the perfect blend is so hard because constantly you feel like you're judged and people are looking at you the wrong way. And that you have, you've created this space that you can feel safe and proud to be a South American, a South Asian and feeling a part of a community that understands just exactly what you're going through. And that's what inspired us to make this podcast too, is because we feel like we have an outlet to share our ideas and people can join in and find a place that everyone who's there understands what they're going through and has the same sort of opinions and beliefs. So, um, there you go. There you go. Oh no, I just said yes. I completely agree. (laughs) You previously mentioned that you put a bunch of all-nighters just to mm-hmm. get on to things and get a handle of your foundation production as well as your job. And mm-hmm. I know I myself struggle having an all-nighter just to do my homework for like a regular class. I'm like tired halfway through and I'm like, I just want to get it over with. But you're being such a young age. How do you feel to accomplish so much? I don't think I've accomplished everything and that question to me is kind of like I get taken aback Mm -hmm. that um I can even be considered at that caliber growing up I just felt like I didn't really find that piece of my life where I truly excelled at whether it was you know academics it was dance it was I played soccer whatever there wasn't something that I knew that I was amazing at, that I could pursue this for my whole life, that I could, you know, do podcasts with people, that I could interview with individuals, that I can give speeches at schools that never made a connection in my head. And now that I've kind of created a platform and kind of, you know, created this community where individuals are so excited about, um, I do feel that sense of accomplishment and what I want to do, but I don't think I'll ever feel 
thought, oh my gosh, I've accomplished so much in my life. Or, you know, like I'm a person that is this boss ass babe. That is not what, I don't think I'll ever feel that way. Um, Mm -hmm. However, I do have a lot of faith in myself that I can achieve whatever I want to achieve. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would hope that if individuals are in this space where they feel like maybe they're comparing themselves to others, or maybe they feel like they aren't able to really succeed at anything they're pursuing right now. Um, You know, open yourself up to different things, different opportunities, meet new people. Um, I know right now we're in a pandemic, but take that Zoom call, even though you're feeling like really tired that day or you're just feeling uncomfortable Mm -hmm. because it will open you up to something that you never thought you could do or you could be a part of Mm -hmm. um so one thing that I really loved in college was modeling and dancing I loved both of those things and it's kind of embarrassing for me to say now um but I did want to be this like full-time model that went to fashion week and that did like photo shoots like I wanted that life and that was a goal however I realized that I don't think that I'll ever truly succeed in that environment, that I don't feel that industry is for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was like really disheartening because I felt like I was working so hard towards it and it was going nowhere at that time. And I would just compare myself to other people and just feel so, um, just again, like unaccomplished and that I didn't contribute to anything. And then once I started to just kind of explore my horizons and find something that I would be passionate about where I could truly be myself and I guess succeed in, that changed my whole perspective. Um, So I know I went on a tangent there, but I just feel like that word accomplish, it will, good things will always come imagined you could achieve. Yeah. So moving on to that, like how you were talking about what you were trying to figure out throughout college and what it was going to do for you. I feel like a lot of people have some sort of or some people don't have an idea of what college is going to give them some sort of life perspective or they're going to realize who they truly are or become a different person. For you personally, what do you what kind of advice or experiences did you get out of college that really shaped who you are today yeah absolutely I think college was such an amazing experience um I would say that college kind of gave me this environment where I genuinely loved learning um and I never got that from high school or middle school whatever and I was excited for class I was excited to connect with my professors in office hours. And that's when I knew that, you know, school is such a blessing. And so I think in college, the one life lesson that I would kind of give to someone who's just entering college, think of it as a blessing. Think of it as an amazing experience that you'll never be able to have again. So every exam that you take, enjoy it. Every meeting that you have that you feel like oh like this is so taking forever um enjoy that meeting Uh, 
choose the major that you want to choose follow your heart all the cheesy stuff but I think that advice is so important to really enjoy university and to just again explore do things that you would never do I think another life lesson that I wish I had um when I started college is to not focus on status and fame and money and you know whatever career trajectory I had in mind I wish that I had started as an undecided major Mm -hmm. where I can kind of explore what you know subjects that I really enjoy and I think I would have ended up in business naturally but I wish I would have given myself more control over my um college journey yeah so I would kind of say go with an open mind um enjoy every single moment of it and try to be a better person every day I think that's just the three things that have kind of put me in this place where I feel like I can do anything that I want to do Mm -hmm. um I can connect with who I want to connect and that positive, confident energy will radiate on others. Mm-hmm. And they'll also be like, oh, I really want to get to know Trisha. She's has a, such positive energy. She wants to be a part of all these different things. She's always in a good mood. And I promise, like, once you start having that mindset, all the things that you ever want in this world will come to you, whether it's materialistic, whether it's you know, being a part of this amazing friend group, whatever that you're searching for, it will naturally come to you as long as you have that positive mindset. Yeah. You take things as a blessing and you're always trying to be a better person every day. Because, um, like you said, it is really important to just enjoy life because I know I'm not like that old yet. Like I'm not in college or like I didn't graduate college or anything. I'm still in high school, like as a sophomore. But there are, like, so many days where I'm, like, oh, my God, I miss elementary school, where I just had to do, like, two pages, not even two pages, like, <laughs> one page of math homework, and I call it a day, go out and eat. Like, I absolutely miss that. Because, like, when you go to high school, you're so stressed. And, like, like fame, that's, like, one thing in high school is, like, such a big deal for everyone. Like, oh, I need to be popular in school. Mm-hmm. Everyone needs to like me. That is such, like, a big thing in high school which overwhelms, like, a lot of people, like, the majority of the high school population there is right now. I'm yeah. sure that overwhelms them. Like, oh, I need to be popular. I need people to like me. That's, like, one mm-hmm. of the biggest things. And, like, in elementary school, you don't really care who likes you. You go to school, <laughs> you bring a backpack. Oh, I had a cute roller backpack. Yay, I go in, come out, the bell rings, go out, go eat something, I guess, or go home, watch TV. That's, like, the basic routine. And I miss that so much because in high school – I come home, take out all my textbooks, all my work, work till like probably even midnight, forget to eat sometimes, and then I go eat dinner, and then I'm coming back, I'm sleeping out like one or two o'clock, and I'm like, oh my gosh, and then I just go back to sleep, and then I wake up again at 7 a.m., and that's like my routine every yeah. single day, and like, I wish I enjoyed those moments in middle, like in elementary, because mm. I know I used to be like, I want to grow up, I want to be an adult, it seems so fun being an adult, they have freedom to do whatever they want, and I used to like literally tell my mom every day, I want to be an adult, it seems so fun. You're going to have a credit card. You're going to use money all the time. Yeah. You drive around whenever you want. That's, like, something I always wanted to do when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And, like, now that I'm looking back at it, I'm like, why did I say that? Because I yeah. miss the times where I don't even need to use a credit card. I don't need to worry about all these things. Mm-hmm. I just sit there, have my, like, not even a phone, just watch TV and just relax. 
don't yeah. even care about the drama. There's nothing to worry about. I'm just like, have a, such a relaxed, chill life where you don't have to worry about anything. <laughs> like, I yeah. miss that so much. Having like that positive, chill mindset, like you guys both said, is so important to like, obviously you should take into consideration what you're doing with your life, but yeah. kind of just going through life, taking it one step at a time and not overwhelming yourself for no reason is so important. Cause I feel like, like you said, when I was in middle school, I took it all for granted. I barely had any homework. I liked my teachers. I loved my friends. But now I'm looking back at it, I'm like, I wish I didn't take that time for granted. Now I'm overwhelmed with school and classes and even we're sophomores, but I'm still thinking about what am I going to put on my college transcript? What, what is going to be able to build me up and look and stand out from everybody else? And so looking at it and just being like, you shouldn't take anything for granted even now i'm like i can't wait till i'm in college it's going to be amazing i'm going to do this i'm going to do that i hope that i end up in here move to new york have this big fabulous life but in reality you just have to take one step at a time because one day you might look back and wish that you were that i was sitting back in this chair right when i was 15 and so just thinking about everything and all the positive feelings and vibes that you may get is there any sort of advice that you could give to girls your age or yourself when you were our age absolutely i so you both are in a tough age group Mm -hmm. Um, high school was not the best time for me either Mm -hmm. so i will give you some hope college was 10 times better for me personally yeah um it was just this place where I could be my true self mm. and start all over, reinvent myself. And I think that, you know, the advice that I would give to my high school self is to just not prove anything to anyone, um, not to take so many AP classes <laughs> to, again, prove that you are this intellectual that's going to be the next Steve Jobs. Um <laughs> I wish that I had paid closer attention to my friendships rather than boys. Um, there's so many things that I can give myself um, advice on, and I wish I could give myself advice on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the one thing that I will kind of put things in perspective for all of you, mm-hmm. you know, school does take a huge part 